KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The Beatles were a band that truly changed everything when they came on the scene, and they're a band that still inspires all, even today. They left a mark on society, musically, socially, emotionally. Get Back is a new documentary series by Peter Jackson that takes a look at the Fab Four. Now, our own Larry Kane has his own history with the Beatles, and he sat down and talked with Jackson about this fascinating documentary series and these four special musicians. Hi, everybody. This is Larry Kane with Peter Jackson in his beautiful New Zealand. And Peter, I have to say one thing to you. We're really at the intersection of an interesting place right now. This is such a special time, a world film icon and the greatest band in history at the intersection of greatness and excellence. <laughs> oh, Larry, you're, you're too I kind. Mean, you, must, you must love it. Yeah. Well, I look, I as a Beatles fan, obviously, I do love it. I mean, I'm not going to try to play it cool. I mean, you know, this is the, you know, when, when I was a, when I was a 12 year old kid falling in love with the Beatles, which is, you know, I did when I was, you know, in the early seventies, I mean, I, I must've loved them beforehand because I saved up pocket money and I first record I ever bought was the red and the blue albums. And so I wouldn't have bought those if I hadn't liked them prior to that. So, you know, but if somebody had said to me, you know what, you're going to get to work with the Beatles, you're going to get to make this film, you just got to just got to grow up a bit and get some get some long trousers, and, and you know, you know, it's going to take a few years. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have believed it at all, absolutely. But you know, it's fascinating. You expected to find, depending on what you read over the years, you expected to find gloom and doom, and dejection and depression, and instead you found boom, excitement and cooperation. And, that, and, you know, we, we've watched this for a couple of years now. You, mm-hmm. you, you must feel like you know them so intimately. And you saw well, them in that way. I, I feel I know them. I mean, I know them better than I have ever before. I mean, I, did, I didn't, you know, obviously I've never, I never met John. I never met George. Um, I'd never claimed that I know them. But I, I certainly want, you know, one of the things is that the, is that we have to be careful, Larry, that we don't sort of go from black to white, white to black, you know, every things because there is certainly the, this this film shows things going wrong. It shows disagreements. It shows I don't want people to think that it's the vanilla look at it. But but you know, because in a way it's good for the for the narrative. I'm I'm actually happy that they set out in January um, the second nineteen sixty nine to do something and it all went wrong. I mean, because that makes for an interesting story. You you know, it's if if everything had gone smoothly it would be not so interesting and you wouldn't get to learn who these four guys are. It's only when things derail and a crisis happens that you get to see the real human beings because they're having to deal with something that wasn't planned. And, but, but the one thing at the end of it is that they deal with it on the basis of friendship. They, every crisis that happens during this period, because the actual project during um, January 69 to get back, it certainly doesn't go smoothly, but however, the, the point of it is, uh, is that they don't, that doesn't result in the band fracturing and them shouting at each other and then you know all that sort of stuff and actually they they solve these problems because they are so tight they have a psychic sort of understanding with each other and they actually love love each other so you know we have to make sure it's, it's, it, the nuances are the, the project itself is a bit of a mess um but the but the but the band holds together because of because of its friendship that's really the the truth of it and you saw ep- real evidence of them helping each other out i mean mccartney introduces let it be and what happens? I mean, he surprises them, doesn't he? With that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know I, I've read I've read um, 
Again, I've read I've read I've read articles, stories, books that where you know you know the the others had contempt for for the song let let it be, and they you know didn't want it. But I tell you what, what you see in real time, you see Paul playing it to them for the very first time. You see them. You see you see John and George and Ringo here. Let it be for the first time in their lives. Like they've never ever heard it before, and, you know. And we we we've lived our entire life with this. This has been a, this has been an anthem of our lives, and and they're hearing it for the first time. Paul's playing it. Those three guys, they know it is a great song. They know, boy, Paul, you know, it's one of Paul's sort of sort of ballady, soppy ballads. But boy, this is this one's fantastic, and they work hard. And and this is just you know you see this stretched over like two, two weeks. They they are working. They work hard on let it be because they know it's a great song and and they're ultimately it's going to have the the beatles the beatles stamp on it and they and they want it to be as great as great as it can be peter in 1965 during an interview uh george harrison told me i said what's after the beatles and he says on tape very clearly well i don't know really but i would like to write some music i don't know if i can be a solo artist mm-hmm. but and he didn't at that time no Turns no out he, he winds up to be one of the, one of the finest, and they gave him help and encouragement, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, look, there's there was a you know there's a period where I, th- I think one of the problems with the, with the, and the tension is that they give him help and encouragement, and during especially during the, the period of the film in January '69, George is coming in each day because the whole point is they're trying to come up with these fourteen new songs, so they're all sort of contributing. And George comes in every day. He walks in every day, and, and it's almost a running gag. And it happens almost every day, not not necessarily every single day. He says, "Oh, I wrote a song last night. Do you, do you want to hear it?" And he, so he's doing his job. These guys have to have to come up with these new songs. He's he's contributing these songs, and we're talking about something, um, you know, um, old brown shoe, um, I mean mine. We're talking about all these songs, and and I think that the, the overriding tension that that sort of you know affects the the George Harrison part of it is that he's got these songs pouring out of him and yet he knows in his heart of hearts, he's limited to two songs. Every album it's two songs. So, so that's a sort of, that's a, a force of song songwriting genius, which is flourishing, hitting a quota where he's only allowed two per album. And that, that's certainly, there's a little bit of that feeling. And, and there's actually, um, he discusses it with a John, John at one, one, one point and in, in the footage you'll see in the film, you'll see he, he actually has a conversation with, with a John about that, that, that are very thing, and it came out in Abbey Abbey Road. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. Now, one, one of the things that's kind of fascinating to me is when you look at people, you, you get to, you sort of get to know them a little bit, mm-hmm. and even though you didn't meet uh, John and George, you ha- you have to really see the personalities there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of the the interaction with Ringo? Ringo seems to be more active than you expect him to be. I think. Well, yeah. Well, Ringo has a different role to play in a way in the band, and I guess he has a different role to play in the footage that you'll see. Now, obviously, Ringo has a songwriting side to him, and we actually see him working on Octopus Garden during this footage. But he's not the prolific songwriter that the others are. But 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 Ringo's role is that they're trying to come up with songs either old or new. They're either brand new songs that, as I say, none of them have ever heard before. That when somebody brings in a song. Or they're suddenly they're going to erupt into an old song that because you know they the show that they've got to do with fourteen songs it doesn't have to be brand new songs they could perform an old an oldie but a goldie from the past you know whether it's one of theirs or or a Chuck Berry or whatever and a little Richard they're just not sure but but Ringo's job 
is to sit there on the drums while the others are riffing around and suddenly they they just launch into something and Ringo's got to immediately they they expect a beat behind behind it they they expect and sometimes it's a song that Ringo's never ever heard in, heard, heard in his life before because it's new and sometimes it's just some random old Chuck Berry, Chuck Berry little, and, and Ringo has to, I mean he can't sort of sit there and listen to it and think oh I'm just having a think guys what I'm going to do that's that's not, Ringo has to when they're mucking around which you know to call it mucking around Ringo has to get a beat behind the mucking around and so I mean Ringo told me that at the end of the day he was utterly utterly exhausted because he couldn't relax for one second because he didn't know what was actually going to come at him next and and he had to just be there ready ready to go and so that's you know Ringo is that he is the beat he he is there to provide them with that with that backing and he and he's very professional he doesn't muck around he's going to give them the best that he possibly can now from what you knew as, as a young man and from what you saw mm. in this extraordinary epic that you're putting together, uh, was it different than you expected? Did you expect well, well, in terms of the, of the let it be versus get back versus all that, we, you know, the, that, that was obviously different. But, but um, the Beatles were, I mean, I, I mean if, you, if, if, if what I saw of the, of the Beatles themselves or John Paul, George and Ringo was different to what I, was, I, expect, I expected. Um, I mean, John... The John that I, you know, see in this footage, and that everyone else will, will get to see, he's he's the most. You know, I'm, I've never met John, but I'm only looking at. So I'm judging it on film of John that I've seen throughout his entire career. He's, in terms of every, every bit of film I've seen, both 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 1960s film and 1970s footage of him, he's more patient than I've ever seen him. He smiles easier. He, I've never seen him laugh so much, you know, in anything. He's natural, spontaneous, just roaring, roaring with laughter. Um, he's incredibly patient. Paul gets stressed at times because he's, he wants this to work so so well. He wants this to be, and you know, and and when when Paul's get getting a, a little bit stressed out, John is so immensely patient with him. It's not like, oh, shut up, Paul. For God's sake, you you go on. It's not that. It's like it's like he sits there, he listens, he speaks in a very very quiet voice. He says, well, you know, I mean, he really he really cares for Paul. And when Paul's starting to get stressed, it, John is actually con- very concerned. He he he's very very worried about Paul, and he doesn't like to see him in that way. Um, Paul adores John, adores him. You can see that, and you can just see it see in his eyes. I mean, the thing with this is that you know all the reputation we've seen in the past. We've had bootleg tapes of the get back. So you know what you've got now are the pictures. We're, we're the one thing missing over all these years. People have written books about it. People have listened to bootleg tapes, everything else, but, but they've never had the pictures. The pictures show tell you everything because you can see the look in their eyes, the way that they that they interact with each other in, in a non-verbal way. It's, that's a massive, massive addition to the story and um george surprises me larry because i always thought george was sort of um you know had been had been relegated a bit to second second place i mean he's doing his songwriting as we talked about but when it's a john and paul song when it's get back or don't let me down or dig a pony george is vocal and invested and he wants these songs to be as great as they can he's he's almost more than even more than john or paul in one of one of these songs he's suggesting things he's t- constantly offering up ideas to make get back get get back better and paul hears them and he takes on some some of the ideas of george's and this is not a george song this is a john and paul song but George is he he doesn't care he's totally focused on making these songs as good as they possibly can and that sort of surprised me because that wasn't really the reputation of these periods, periods of time and ironically when it's one of George's songs he's more 
diffident and nervous. He and that's nat- that's completely nat- natural. I mean, if I'm reading a script that we've written, I haven't got a bloody clue. If I read somebody else's script, I can spot all the flaws, and I can I can easily I can easily critique somebody else's work. But when it's your own work, you're kind of it's it's a whole different thing. And you see that with George, he's very confident at suggesting things with if it's a John or George or Paul, John or Paul song. But when it's a George Harrison song, he's much more diffident and sort of nervous. It's um you know, but it's the human beings. These are, these guys are humans. They're not they're not some robot sort of sort of merchandising superstars you get to see the the, the real the real people in, in today's world especially with everything that's happened the last couple of years the Beatles just make people happy they yeah. just make Oh, I tell you what, Larry, they're, they're, they're coming back again. They're coming back again to cheer, to cheer us all up. I'll tell you, I, one thing I, I promise you, and it's not I'm not taking full credit for that, Michael Lindsay Hogg shot the most extraordinary footage in 1969, and Michael Lindsay Hogg gets gets tarred with the Let It Be brush a bit, but let's put that to one. Let, let's just put that to bed once and for all. Michael Lindsay Hogg shot this footage, and we're now going to finally see it. And, and I've been a, I've been a, a conduit to, you know, to cut it together, but it's Michael's footage, and, um, and you, everyone's about to cheer up everyone was about <laughs> and the, and got, got after 50 years the Beatles are going to are back to cheer us up again kind of unbelievable really do you did you feel a pressure uh putting this together yeah to the yeah. band because yeah. the ultimate yeah <laughs> of, all, of all your work and your yeah. art that you've done yeah. over the years are the people who who see the movies and in this case people from 5 to 95 who love the Beatles so, did you feel a pressure to get them the best they could get? Uh, yeah, I did, really? and, I, and, and I did it there because, I, as a fan, I know that the Beatles never let anybody down. That that if, if something, I mean, obviously, there's been lots of stuff about the Beatles that other people have done, that, you know, of, of marginal quality. But if it's a Beatles project, if it's got the Beatles stamp on it, then they have never disappointed people. I mean, as Ringo actually says in our footage, he says anything the Beatles do has got to be of the highest quality. That's who they are. They don't shortchange anybody on their when they deliver things and so I I had this echoing in my head I mean they didn't they didn't say that to me you know they didn't say read, read me the right act now you Peter you're the Beatles you've just got to be as good as you can but I I knew I'm a fan I know exactly that the Beatles care about what they give to fans and to audiences they care hugely about it they themselves have incredibly high standards they had they had high standards in the 60s and 50 years later their standards are still still as high you can see it see it in in the box sets the box sets that have been coming out in recent years beautiful quality beautiful recordings the presentation um you know the design of the box they all have these amazing books in them you know they they always care about they they over they over deliver every single time and so i was aware that one whatever happens i'm in that now i find myself in that boat and with with those expectations on me so over delivering of the best of the highest possible standard because it's the beatles i was aware that was my job and it, it was it was scary it was it was as scary as hell i had the experience of being the only person alive who's seen the most beatles concerts live except for a guy named uh, paul yeah. and uh yeah. ringo yeah. And the one thing I remember through 1965, at least, was how how closely they sounded to the record when you yeah. could hear that. Yeah. And were you surprised about the studio sound and how close it was to the recordings that you had heard previously? Well, they they I mean, in that, in our movie, you actually get you get to see them and you get to see songs in some cases in the very earliest versions and and the movie takes place over 22 days and so by the time they're finished they have to have recorded the album and so you you see the the evolution of the songs yeah you see them in all sorts of forms that you don't um 
yeah, well, you, you know, it's, well, you recognize it and you know it's not the finished song. You know, somebody's doing a solo and you think, no, 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 that's not the solo. You haven't, you're not there yet. You know, it's a very interactive experience watching this because it's a bit like in the trailer. It's like George is saying, you know, you know, um, 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 you know, the, the, uh, the, um, something in the way he was. Uh, like a, a like a cauliflower, like a pome, pomegranate. You know, you, you, they're trying to come up with words that we know, and you sort of end up. You find yourself shouting at the screen. You find yourself if you can shout in a loud enough voice and egg them on that somehow they're going to hear you and come up with the right answer because they're they're trying to work it out what they are, and we know what 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 they should be. It's um, a very strange experience to watch the create the creative process of something when we ourselves know exactly what the finished result should be, and they and they at that point that they're being filmed. They haven't got a clue, and that's a very—it's a very strange experience. I mean, it's fun, but it's um, you know, it's it's, it's very strange because because often you you look at a creative process, and you and you're following it, but you but you, you know you discover the end result at the same time as the people on screen do. In this case, we are we're fifty years ahead of the Beatles. We've had this, these songs in our heads for fifty years, and here they are trying to trying to figure it out. Well, you're so yeah. you're so fortunate to have the talent. To take, uh, I just uh, watching the World War One movie. That, mm. uh, the talent you have to take film and make it so vital and so real and so close. You feel that of the scenes I've seen, you mm. feel like right in it. And mm -hmm. I, I just think that gives me the chills. As as a Beatles fan, yeah. as a reporter, somebody who traveled yeah. with them, mm. and they didn't believe by the at the time that they were the Beatles. Mm. They believed that they were just the Beatles. Maybe we'll, we'll hang out for a few years. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think I think you're right, Larry. I think what you what you see, if you think of other Beatles movies, you know, the Hard Days Night Help, they are the Beatles on screen. Are the Beatles? What you see in Get Back are not the Beatles. You see, you see John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. That, that's who you're seeing on 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 in in Get Back. You're not actually watching the Beatles. Because you know, we, I guess at the very end when they when they step onto the rooftop of Savile Row and they do this amazing concert, that's when maybe that's that's the point that that the Beatles appear. Up until then, they're the four individuals who make up the band who are trying to trying to figure figure th things out. And that's one of the great things about the rooftop concert is that you know, in, in our movie, you, you you're watching it for for many many hours as, as it leads up to it, and then when they finally step on that roof, they are now the Beatles are there and they're delivering what what the what the Beatles do, and so it's it's yeah, and you're cheer you're cheering them because they're achieving, they're that rooftop is them achieving what they've been working hard for twenty one days to achieve, you know, and it hasn't gone right. George has left the band at one stage. They've had all sorts of ups and downs. They step out, out into that roof. It's the ultimate triumph because they finally deliver what they hoped they would at the beginning. And they've gotten over all the things that have gone wrong, pulled it together. And they, they again, they themselves over, over deliver on the roof. They up. you can see them. They one song at a time. There's nine performances, five songs, nine performances on the roof, and when one as they as as they do the first first song, the second, the third, you can see them that the energy building, building up. They're locking together. They're getting tight, and they're almost surprising them, themselves at how well well they're playing. They they it's like they didn't expect that they would find that find the groove again because they haven't played for three years. 
and they're trying to play live, but they're trying to be the 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 um, cabin club or the Hamburg band again. That's what they want to be, and and they're not sure if they can. They just don't know if they if they're able to do that again in in 1969. And you can see after about three or four songs that they finally they they realise we are that's we're we're back we're back baby we're back. And, and you kind of just see this kind of energy and, and excitement. They are excited about. About the Beatles playing again, they're excited about being in the Beatles and playing. They they just it's it just all locks locks together. It's very very emotional. I have two things to say to you. First of all, it's a pleasure working behind the scenes with you a little bit. Yeah, thank you, uh, thank you for your for your help, Larry. Larry has been incredibly help, helpful, folks, over the last <laughs> four, four years because he's got all sorts of recordings, tapes, and actually some of your one of your interviews, Larry, is, is in the movie. There's a prologue at the beginning and. When they um you you kindly provided us with really beautiful looking f- footage from the, your interview with uh, the guys in 1968 with with John and Paul so and you I think we see, I think we might even see the back at the back the the the, the, the back of your head because you 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 had hair then it was all nice and dark <laughs> hair it was and, yeah, I, and I, I think it. I think we we have it on in in color on on film that you to prove that you were you were you were once a young a young man Larry it's it's like, it, it, yeah oh, it's the final question <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the final question. Yeah. And I know this is really hard. You've done so much, and so much has been great. The Academy Awards, the mm-hmm. world of attention, the creativity of using the topography of your country to mm-hmm. do the work you've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you compare this to the other events? I mean, I know it's tough. To get yeah, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. Um, I, well, look, I, I mean, I'm, I've made a movie – and, and and I've made a movie with Michael Lindsay Hogg's footage. It's not a it's not a hundred uh, percent Peter Jackson movie. It's a, it's it's a Peter Jackson using Michael's footage. But and maybe it's because it's Michael's footage, and I didn't write a script. I didn't develop it from the beginning. I ha- I have a little bit more. I can I can divorce myself from it. So when I see the get back footage now, I'm I can easily be a fan, which I've never been able to do on any of the films I've made in the past. I mean, you know, you know, uh, people have seen Lord of the Rings and and Tolkien fans are out there and, and I have fans, you know, who write to me because if they've seen Lord of the Rings, but I'm not, I can't, I just can't, you know, I can't just let myself go and become that fan because I, I did those films from the very beginning. But because I wasn't there, I didn't shoot the footage. I've just, you know, inherited Michael's footage. I've cut it together. I, I can watch it with a little bit one step removed and I can, I feel myself being, being an excited Beatle fan watching this footage, which so of all the films I've ever made in my life, I've never had that experience where I'm sort of a fan of my own film, which sounds so ego, e- egotistical, but I'm a, fa- I'm a fan of Michael Lindsay Hogg's footage is what I'd say. I'm a fan of the Beatles. They're on camera. I'm a fan of the, f- of the footage that Michael shot. That's what you see. And I'm a big, big fan of that. So it's, um, it's very different, very different experience for me than anything else, else I've ever made before. I cannot tell you how the anticipation is building. People come up to me everywhere. You know what's in it. You, you've seen it, and uh, we're very excited. Congratulations to you, Claire Olson, the whole group. And uh, I, I know it sounds strange. Enjoy it while you can. <laughs> you worked really well. Hard. This is—I mean, I know what you're saying. The, the bittersweet part of me, Larry, feels that this might be the last huge Beatle event of of our lives. Now we're going to be. There's going to be other, you know, you know, our album reissues. There's going to be other documentaries made. But is anything ever going to be made from 60 hours of unseen footage? Probably ne- never. I mean, I, there's no other cachet of unseen footage. So th- this is this is probably the last big Beatle event of our lifetime, I suspect. I suspect. So enjoy it. I say enjoy it. I, um, yeah, it's, pretty, it's, it's amazing. Peter, thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you.